Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with this church. He's not done in Columbia. He's not done in Tennessee. And he's not done in the United States. He's not done yet. There's still people that need to hear the gospel. There's still changes that need to happen in our heart. And God's not done. And we don't even be, can't even begin to comprehend what he has in store for us. Father, I just thank you. God, you're good. You're good. Lord, I pray that that your goodness, that your faithfulness, that your 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 uh, your abounding love will just be made clear today. Lord, in every heart. Lord, I pray that as as we sit in your presence and Lord, encounter your word that you transform us. I pray, Father, that you'll anoint me to deliver your anointed word. Lord, it's the anointing that breaks the chains of the yokes of bondage. Lord, I can't do this without you, and I'm not going to try. Holy Spirit, we need you. Lord, in every heart, in every mind, in every person, Lord, let us... Let us walk out of here knowing that we encountered God. Knowing that we encountered a God that loves us. Knowing that we encountered a God that's for us and with us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Man, God is, God's good. God's so good. Man, we are, we are so fortunate and blessed. And I don't say this enough, but I've been in a lot of different ser- services and conferences and stuff. And I, I've heard a lot of people worship. And we are so blessed because we have people who worship while they lead in worship. And that's not always the case. That's not always the case. So I, we are blessed to have Pastor Ben and, and Phil tickling the, tickling the old ivories. And um, as they lead us in worship, they're, they're worshiping. This is not just a performance. This is, this is what they do. Like this is part of their heart. And um, thank you guys. Today we're gonna wrap up a series called Declaration. And I was gonna say, uh, talk about today in, in this talk about what God says about the church. And I'm not gonna do that. Um, the Lord just, the last three weeks, he's just made me, uh, and I know I said that, like, hey, we're going to talk about what God says about the church, but as I prayed and as I, as I sought the Lord about each Sunday it, with my, with my plans, the Lord's changed my plans. A man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps, and um, we're going to be looking, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 5, 3 through 12, and um, while you're, while you're, it's going to be on the screen, but if you want to read in a different translation, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living. But this is a very familiar section of Scripture. It's called the Beatitudes. And uh, it's probably best known for the mispronunciation of the word blessed. Um, you never say, I'm blessed. <laughs> like It doesn't make sense. I did see the other day, though, a sign at Walmart that was very biblical. It said blessed, but the first, the first S was missing, so it said blee said. I'm like, oh, it's trying to be King James, blee said. But with that said, I'm going to tell you a joke, and uh, just because I can, and it's going to be good. I hope. I don't know. It might not. Um, but this man and his wife, the man took his mother-in-law and his wife on a Holy Land tour. And they were going through all the places where Jesus walked and the apostles walked and planted churches. And while they were gone, um, the man's mother-in-law passed away. And um, the, the grave 
digger, mortician person said to him, he's like, well, you can bury your mother-in-law here in the Holy Lands for $150, or you can ship her back home for like $8,000. Um, what, what would you like to do? And he said, I think I'm going to ship her back home. And the guy's like, really? She's like, like this, like you don't want to bury her in the place of her faith where Jesus himself walked? Like, you don't want to do that? And he's like, no, I, I don't. He's like, why? He said, well, about 2,000 years ago, a guy was buried here, and three days later, he rose again, and I don't want to risk it. So <laughs> I would never do that to my mother-in-law. I would definitely bury her there. I'm, I'm late. That, nope. Ma, I love you. I'm your favorite son-in-law, I think. She only has two. And I could beat the other one up. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> stop it. We're looking, we're looking at the B attitudes, and I want to show you a clip out of that show, The Chosen. And I, I want to give a little setup. And he's talking to Matthew, the disciple, in this clip. And Matthew's writing it down. Obviously, Matthew is the one that recorded the Sermon on the Mount for us. And he's the one that we're going to be reading out of. And Jesus is talking to him. Then they're working out an intro for his Sermon on the Mount. And so he, he walks up to Matthew. And Matthew's passed out. And we don't see that in the clip. But he says, hey, I got the intro done. It's kind of a road map. And so I love this clip because it shows... What Je- I think it's an accurate clip to show what Jesus had in mind when he was saying this. Because he had different groups of people in mind. That's why there's different groups of people listed, that, listed here in Matthew chapter 5. But with that said, once again, the chosen is not a translation of the Bible. But I pray that it pushes you closer to Jesus. And it gives us just a visual of, of maybe what Jesus had in mind. Let's... Let's look at it. Ready? Have I? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Yes. But how is it the map? If someone wants to find me, those are the groups they should look for. (laughs) Jesus never wasted words. He never 
he was very intentional, and obviously that wasn't the Sermon on the Mount. That was a precursor. He was going over it because there was no people there. We know that there are thousands of people when he preached. But I'm going to read. I'm going to read it. I know he just said it. I'm going to read it out of Matthew 5. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. I want to give you one thought today, but before we get into the thought, God's blessings work different and look different than the world's blessings. And too often when we are talking about blessings, we instantly, just because of the nation we live in and also our culture and stuff, we instantly think monetary blessing. And let me tell you, God is so much greater and so much bigger and so much grander than just one form of blessing. God uses money to bless people, but he blesses us in so many ways. And so as we look at this, I, I do... I, I, I think that sometimes we almost expect that God's going to pour out money on us. And, I, and I, from my experience, it hasn't happened. I haven't just came into a windfall of money. But God has blessed me abundantly. And the thing is, with God's blessings, you have to be intimate with him to see how he blesses. Because the world, when they look at God's blessings, they would say, that's not blessing. Where's your stuff? But God's blessings work on a whole different level because guess what? We're part of a backwards and upside-down kingdom. And with that in mind, God addresses some people here, these groups of people that, quite frankly, wouldn't be candidates for blessings according to the world, wouldn't be candidates for, for things that the world would want to give. But God chooses the backwards and upside down things of the world to pour out his grace on. And so I want to take a 30,000 foot view at first, and then I want to zero in. Okay. So we're going to start up high like an Eagle and then we're going to come in. And so the, the, the one thought I have for you today is broken into two thoughts, but they're both here. I don't know how else to say it. There's two thoughts here. You have been nominated for God's blessing by God because he wants to bless you. I want you guys to read that again and again and again. Let's read it again. You've been nominated for God's blessings by God because he wants to bless you. Let that sink in. There are people in this room that are going to watch online that feel disqualified by God's blessing. You've taken yourself out out of what you would consider blessings from God because of your past, because of things you're struggling with, because of different junk in your life. And here's the kicker. And here's the good news. 
Number one, you have no right to disqualify yourself from the blessing of God when God's nominated you. Someone needs to hear that today. Like, I'm glad God nominated me for blessing because I know how unworthy I feel of his blessing, but he chose me, and all we have to do is choose him. He's chose you to pour out blessing on, and like, oh, man, you're starting to sound like a uh, one of those preachers. Are you going to take up an offering and just, like, you know, if you send something? No, I'm not. I'm telling you, God's heart is to bless his people. That's it. Like, he opens, like, Jesus speaks a lot publicly, but there's one sermon in all the Gospels, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. And he chose to open it with this, the Beatitudes. And it's all about God choosing to bless. And, like, he wants to bless his people. And so many people disqualify themselves and they feel like I'm unworthy, I've done too much, I've, I've gone through. I think that's why God hits the people that the world would not choose. All, the, the, the world would choose like, okay, let's pick a gold medalist, the world, let's pick a successful business person and, and all, you know, d- different things like that. God chooses people who are depressed to bless. God chooses people who are anxious to bless. God chooses people who are humble to bless. God chooses people who who stand for what's right. And those are the people that capture the heart of God. He chooses the hurting to show up in their situation and pour out blessing on them. And And what's interesting is it doesn't say they will be blessed. It's a current state. God is blessing, and God will bless. And so if you're here today and you're wrestling with, I've done too much. I've gone too far. I did this in my past. How can God bless me? I would ask you this. Do you believe God for salvation? Because if you can believe God for your salvation, which is by far the greatest blessing you can ever receive, you can believe God for all these other blessings. I mean, really think about that. Salvation is not just a rebranding of who you are. Salvation is a rebirthing of who you are. Like, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. You are new when you are in Christ. When you accepted him for salvation, which is the greatest blessing, your eternal destination changed from hell to heaven. Your identity changed from who you were to not just a new you, like God's rebranded me, I look different, I act different. No, you are a new person in Christ. A new, whole new you. Like the old soul is gone. The new I mean, the, God puts a new spirit in you. It's completely different. Well, I still think the same. Yeah, because you still have the same body. You still wrestle with the same stuff, but who you are is different. That's how our citizenship changes from earth to heaven. The Bible teaches that we are no longer citizens of earth. When we are in Christ, we're citizens of heaven. And we're just sojourners here. So that's the greatest blessing you can ever receive from God. But yet we disqualify ourselves from all these little tiny things like healing. Like you said, that's a tiny thing? Oh, yeah, that's a tiny thing compared to your salvation. Like provision. Oh, that's a tiny thing compared to your salvation. What's another one? Peace. That's a tiny thing compared to your salvation. But the cool thing is when you accept Christ, these things come with it. You didn't disqualify yourself from anything because God nominated you. God nominated you. Someone needs to hear this today. God chose you to pour his blessing out on. And you haven't ran too far. You haven't done too much. God chose you. God's nominated you. You can't disqualify yourself. I want to get into this. Jesus picks out and spells out groups of people who outwardly did not look like they deserved anything from God. Especially in his timeline in Jewish culture, 
like the people who you would think would be blessed were the rabbis, the teachers, the people who walked the streets and wanted people to walk up to them and say, oh, teacher, and like revered. Those were the people that you expected God to bless, especially in, in their time. Even now, like there's such a, a, a culture in our nation of like glorifying people who are in the public eye and lifting them up and and God doesn't care about that. He opposes the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. And you look at these, you look at these. And I started thinking about these. Like, God blesses the poor in spirit. What, what does that mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? I, as, I, as I prayed over this message, I, I really think that, and, and that recognize their need for him. These are people who are at their rope's end. They're, they're at the, the bottom of the barrel. They've hit rock bottom. These are the people who are fighting depression. These are the people that the enemy is just coming at them with all sorts of anxiety. And you, you, and you honestly, these people have such a hard time finding hope. These are, the, these are those people that they see circumstances and it just, just kicks them while they're down. And... They're stressed. And they recognize, God, if you don't show up, and some of these people, maybe you're, and, and, and here's the thing, you could be more than one of these. Like, you don't have to just be one, like, oh, I have to be this or that. No, you could be multiple of them. But s- there are people here today that fall into this category, the poor in spirit. You're stressed, you're anxious, you're depressed, and, and you've called out even this week, God, I need you. God, I need you to show up in my life. I need you to show up in my job. I need you to show up in my family. If you don't show up, I don't know what's going to happen. They, you, you recognize your need. What does Jesus say? He said the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I, I think there's a clear message. If you fall right now into this category, I feel like God's telling you, don't look at what's happening Look at what's eternal. Because we can look at life all day long, and it will bring stress. It will bring depression, especially when you're going through it. But God is, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is there. Keep your eyes fixed on eternity, because your momentary problems, your momentary trials, they are momentary. And I know that's, that's a lot, because when you're going through it, it doesn't seem like it's momentary. When you're going through it, it seems like it's lasted forever, even if it's just been a week. I could tell you, when my mom passed away, that night that she passed away, it felt like a year. And it was, guess what, it was the same eight hours every other night. And that next week, it felt like a month. And last year, felt like several years. <laughs> and that, that's not, that's just my, my circumstance. Like, la, like, last year probably felt like a lot. Like, we're almost in 2022, and I'm still stuck in November 2020. I'm like, where, where has 2021 gone? Seriously, what happened? All I know is gas prices went up, and it costs more to feed my kids. Like, what happened? But God, he gives specific instructions for each one of these because he says, fix your eyes on eternity because it is temporary. What you're going through is temporary. It doesn't seem like it, but fix your eyes on eternity. Fix your eyes on heaven. Your citizenship isn't here. It's in heaven. And when you remember what Jesus did, when you remember what God has for you, I I believe that's where your blessing is going to come. I believe that's where... Where relief for the stress, relief for the depression, where the joy is going to come. Like, you know what? This, this is temporary. It is. It is. Then there are people who are mourning here. You're literally trying to make sense in your mind. I, like, in my opinion, I think mourning is trying to make sense in your mind of something that can't be made sense of emotionally. I could be completely wrong, but that's my experience. 
I'm trying to make sense of something and go on with my life. And it doesn't make sense. But let me tell you, look up. Because God is and God will bless you. Jesus says those who mourn will be comforted. And what I find, and I can't speak for every person because every person mourns differently and every person goes through the stages in a different order of mourning. But what I find when God comforts It's not just a hug from a friend. It's, it doesn't take away the pain, but it gives you strength to walk with it. You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing, but God says, bless those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If you're mourning, if you're trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense to you, look up, because God is and God will bless you. He's not just going to bless you, he is blessing you. And he will comfort you. There are those here today who just go about their life and have an honest opinion of themselves. That's called humility or meekness. If you're reading the King James Version. That's really what humility is, is just having an honest opinion about yourself. And God loves that. I think too many people think too highly of themselves. But I think a lot of times in the church, too many Christians think too lowly of themselves. We disqualify ourselves, we beat ourselves up because we have an enemy that always condemns. He always comes at us, he always makes us feel unworthy. But just having an honest opinion, God chose me, God loves me, God's for me, I'm a son of God, just having an honest opinion of yourself, God says, I'm going to bless you, or just thinking about yourself rightly. That's really encouraging. What's crazy about humble people is when they do get blessed, you won't know because they're humble. So, no, but what's awesome is, man... I, I think that people who walk in humility, God blesses them in every season of life. Not when, not just when they're stressed, not just with, like, because they, they do get stressed and they do face things, but God blesses them in every season of life and every ups and downs. And God wants to do that for all of us because his goal at the end of the day is for all of us to walk out our humility because of him. But because a humble person knows to give credit to God. When blessings come in good times, they give glory to God. When blessings come in bad times, they give glory to God. And they understand that, and God rewards that. Because God doesn't share glory. I think sometimes God waits for us to be at rock bottom before he pours out blessings sometimes. Because if he blessed us when we were going through happy-go-lucky um, cotton candy life, we would think we did it. We would think, hey, we had a part of that. No, we didn't. But a humble person recognizes all good and perfect gifts come from God, and I'm going to give him credit. God's blessed me. And God loves that. I think we have a lot of humble people in our congregation. I'm, I, I'm fortunate to pastor you guys, and I need to, I need to sit down and just learn. Because I'm not always that. <laughs> I, just to be honest. There are those here who just want to do what's right and you want what's right done. Like it irks you. The Bible, some translations say, God blesses those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled. Here in the New Living Translation, it gives a, a kind of a different understanding. It says, God blesses those who seek to do what is right who seek to do what is right there are people that when you see injustice done it irks you and it should irk you 
and you're, you don't know what to do, but you call out to God. God, bring justice to this. Bring, like, there are things even in our community that are happening that is just wrong. Like, there are countless students that were exposed to, honestly, just demonic behavior in a homecoming parade just this last week. And, you, and, and, and it was behavior that just flies in the face of traditional marriage and biblical marriage. And it's demonic. They're, they're passing out things to kids. And that irks me. That, that, that should. But what I'm getting at is we got to cry out to God when we experience injustice like that. And we want to do what's right. What's right? Well, those people need Jesus. That's what's right. What's happening in our nation? Our leaders need Jesus. That's what's right. And, and, and we got to fight against what's wrong. But how do we fight as children of God? It's not, let's go load our AR-15s and stock up on ammo. That's actually not how we fight. Now, if you have extra ammo and you want to get rid of it, I'll take it off your hands, um, but I, I use it for fun, not for fighting. How we fight is we get on our knees. That's what's right. And, and God, when we hunger and thirst for what's right, Lord, your word says, if my people who are uh, called by your name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, like, there is something about, Lord, I was reading this week in Daniel chapter, I think it's Daniel chapter 9, and it says, like, Dan Daniel was a man. Daniel was a man whose name was known in God, uh, by God in heaven. Like, his name was known in heaven, and I, we hit on this last week, but he was a righteous man. Like, when you think about righteousness, like, I think about people like Daniel who like, I am going to keep praying to my God despite, I'm going to speak the truth despite the circumstances that might come at me. I'm going to do what's right. And God protected him from a den of lions. He shut up their mouths. They couldn't even touch him. And um, he just stood there protected. Well, you think about righteousness, but then in Daniel chapter nine, it says that he repented. It says he continued to pray and repent for the sins of his nation and his people and his own. That's how you fight. The church needs to repent for the sins of our nation. We need to call out to God on their behalf. Not that God strikes them down, but that God saves their souls. God, forgive us. Forgive us for not being active with your gospel. Forgive us for not speaking the truth. Forgive us of all the injustice and the wrongs. That, and God says, I'm going to bless that. Those who hunger and thirst for what's right. I'm going to bless. So look up. Look out. God is and God will bless you. God is and God will bless you. There are those who are pure in heart. I, I really started thinking about what does pure in heart mean? Think about it. Pure in heart. I really think it means innocent. There are people that haven't been corrupted by the things of the world. I'm not saying that they're, they're not sinners or anything, but like there are people like, they don't get dirty jokes. They're like, oh, I don't get that. You know, like they're, they're, they're just innocent to, to the things of the world. Their, their hearts are really pure before God. They just, they go about their life, they mind their own business, and, and they're, they're innocent. And, and Jesus says they'll be called children of God. Like, those people who are pure in heart that just really have no bad intentions towards anyone. God says, I love to identify them as my kids. And if you're that person, like, you don't get fighting mad over stuff. You're just, you're, you're just innocent in, 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 in your understanding. You're innocent in, in, in how you live. Look up. Look out. Because God is, and God will bless you because you've been nominated for blessing by God because of God. There are those, some translations say, blessed are the peacemakers. 
This, this translation, it says that those who truly want peace or work for peace. And I think so often that in the church, this is actually used a lot. But we say peacemaker, but we live like we're peacekeepers. And there's a vast difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. And a peacekeeper is a person who goes out of their way to maintain peace at the cost of themselves or those around them. I know this because oftentimes those people are people pleasers. And the Lord has been burning that out of my soul. People pleasing is straight demonic from the enemy. Because we answer to God, and we answer to do what he tells us to do. Now, a lot of times when you walk in step with God, fellow believers will be pleased. But at the end of the day, if I do something that God tells me to do and it offends someone, before I would be like, I'm so sorry. I'm apologizing for my obedience. That doesn't make sense. That's peacekeeping. I don't like to offend anyone, but the reality is, if we are going to make a difference in the world, we got to work for peace, and we got to fight for peace. We fight on our knees. We don't go out of our way to be jerks. That's, that's not the biblical way, but Jesus was a peacemaker. And to make peace, sometimes you have to wage war on what's coming against peace. And we are in a war. We're in a war spiritually. We, fight, we battle not against flesh and blood, and we go to war on our knees. And, but, and, and, and sometimes that requires us to say hard truths in love to people. It requires that, and a peacekeeper won't. But a peacemaker, because I love a person, because I care for that person, I have got to say this to them in love. But that's what a peacemaker does. Jesus loved the Pharisees. And go read what he said to them. He's like, you brood of vipers, you whitewashed tombs. Like, that was very Christ-like. I guess, because he said it. What would Jesus do? He would call out, honestly, religion in his church. He'd say, no more. We are about relationship. We are about pointing people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, those, those are the people that I want to bless. Blessed are the peacemakers. I remember early on in our marriage, to maintain peace, I remember honestly throwing Amy under the bus and throwing myself under the bus because I wanted to keep peace instead of standing up for what's right. Because a peacekeeper sacrifices people around him. And Amy, I always thought, man, Ames, you're so insensitive. You speak the truth and you're, but honestly, she was such a peacemaker that she would tell people like, no, this is not right. I'm like, you can't say that. And, and it always worked out for her. Like God would bless her for it. And like, here I am stressed out, like, oh, what will people think? What if I do this? How will they react? And all this, and God's like, no, 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 no. No, your wife has it down. She's, she's living out what I told her to live out. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's work, but we, we, we answer to God first. And, and, and if you're here and you're a peacekeeper and you're throwing everyone under the bus around you to maintain a status quo of peace in your life, let me tell you, that's going to come back to bite you. And it's going to ruin relationships. And God will not bless peacekeeping. But he blesses peacemaking. And God wants to bless peacemaking. God wants to. God wants to. Jesus, then he, he says, there are those who are persecuted for doing what's right. You're persecuted. There's a lot of forms of persecution. There for the longest time here in the United States, really Christians, 
we were exposed to covert persecution. It wasn't out in the open. It was kind of hidden. It was little things here and there on the news. It was, oh, I can't believe they would say something. It was, and, and, and even in, in conversation with people who are lost, they, like, we, we were persecuted, but it was very hidden. And we got to buckle up <laughs> as the church of the living God because we're about to experience and we are experiencing overt persecution. And that means it's wide out in the open. The enemy's revealing his hand. He's like, he's not going to be pulling punches anymore. It's not going to be hidden. And Jesus says, I'm going to bless people that are persecuted for do, doing what's right. You stand up against injustice. You stand up. It's kind of interesting. Jesus tends to bless people who are hurting, bless people who are innocent, and bless people who defend those other two categories. That's really the three groups. I mean, like he goes, but he blesses people who are hurting, blesses people who are innocent, and blesses people who defend those other two categories. Those are the type of people God loves to bless. And if you're hurting today, and you're stressed today, God says, I want to bless you. If you're mourning today, God says, I want to bless you. If you're, if you're angry about what's happening and you want to, and you've been going to war on your knees, God says, I want to bless you. You've been nominated for blessing from God Almighty. And then he, he shifts gears and, and, he, and he doesn't just identify groups. He, he shifts gears and says, God blesses you when you get mocked. Because it's going to come. It's going to come. I remember the first time I was openly mocked in public. There was a girl I went to school with and I remember it. It was like, whoa, that just happened. I was in high school and, and I wanted to go into the army and everything. And she asked... Um, I was like one year into college, and she's like, hey, are you still planning on going into the Army? I said, no, man. Uh, man, God really got a hold of me a couple years ago at a church camp, and I'm going to go into the ministry. And she just started laughing at me, like in Walmart. I'm like, what just happened? Like she started laughing, like you're going to go into the ministry over a guaranteed, like, you know, like, you're, she's like basically, she's like, oh, that's a dumb decision. Well, we'll see. Like, I don't think obedience to God is ever a dumb decision. But God blesses you when you stand up for what's right. God blesses you when you're persecuted. God blesses you when you're mocked. God sees those moments. They don't go unnoticed. God knows about it. And if you live such a life that people don't even know you're a Christian... Well, you're also going to live a life that's going to be void of God's blessing. You might have a relationship with Jesus, but you go into work in and out. You're, 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 going, to be a, you're going to live a life void of persecution, but you're not going to make a change for eternity. God chooses to bless those who make stands who who are going through it and you haven't disqualified yourself I think what happened in the last couple years between 2020 and 2021 I think they have actually aligned us perfectly for God to pour out blessing when you look at this list of the Beatitudes. When you look at this list of the Beatitudes, those who are stressed, those who are poor in spirit, they're they're at their they're at their wits end. They're they're recognizing their need for God. Has there ever in my lifetime, I don't think there's ever been a time where collectively we've recognized a need for something else. 2020 People have called out to God. Parents have called out to God because they're stuck in their homes with 
their kids that they normally send to school, and they're thinking teachers need a raise. Um, there's so many people that are stressed. Like when you are exposed to constant bad news, that's why I think the biggest pandemic is actually our news organizations. But when you're exposed to constant bad news, like, oh, death totals are up, and, like, it, 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 number one, it dehumanizes people. Or, like, oh, this is up, this is up, this is up. And then the normal human condition is to, oh, man, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. And Amy was telling me about the study that was done of a, a psychologist and he said that what happened in 2020 to people is it, it's multiple years compressed into one year of like psychological damage. And there are so many people that are poor in spirit right now. They're stressed, they're anxious, they're depressed. They don't know what's gonna happen. They don't know how. All we have to do, if, if you're in one of those, just recognize your need for God. He said God blesses those who are at their, at their rope's end and recognize their need for him. And it's interesting that the answer to that one and to those who are persecuted is the same. They will inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are poor in spirit, he says, they will inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are persecuted for doing what's right will inherit the kingdom of God. And I, I truly believe, and this is my opinion, but the reason why they both, he says that about both of them, he's saying, if you're getting persecuted for me, look up, because it's temporary, look to heaven. Look to heaven, look to heaven. And if you're going through it, emotionally, psychologically, and you're saying, I'm at my end. God, I need you. Look up, because it's temporary. Look to heaven. Look to heaven. And you'll see God's blessing, and He's he is blessing you, and he will bless you. And today, I, I honestly, I wanted people to understand this truth. We've come out of so much our nation, our world. Um, we, we've gone through the ringer in the last year. Whatever, Wherever you land on things, um, people have felt manipulated. People have felt taken advantage of by organizations, by government, by whatever. Um, some people don't even realize that, you know, there's so much. And I want you to know God is blessing and God will bless you. There is hope in Jesus Christ. God is looking for people to bless. God is nominating candidates to bless. So if you're going through it, you're perfectly nominated to be blessed. If you're humble in spirit, you're nominated to be blessed. If you're, if you're uh, being persecuted, you're nominated to be blessed. If you're innocent in heart, you're nominated to be blessed. I think Jesus made the list so extensive so everyone knows he wants to bless people. God's nominated you. He's chose you. He wants to bless you. And it's not about giving an offering. It's not about anything like that. I want you to give because there is blessing in giving, but that's a Holy Spirit thing on your heart. But here's the thing. Regardless, every one of these things has nothing to do with who you are and what you can do for God to get the blessing has everything to do with who God is and what he wants to do in your life. If you're walking around trying to earn the blessing of God, oh, I gotta be humble, I gotta be humble, I gotta be humble, I gotta be... <laughs> That's not it. 
oh, I got to walk around hurt and anxious and depressed so I can be blessed. No, no, that's not it. God doesn't want that for you. But he's saying, if you're going through it, I want to bless you in the midst of it. I want to walk with you in the midst of it. I want to I show up in your circumstance in the midst of it. You can't earn his blessing. You, you can't do enough to get it. We, that, that's the whole point of a blessing. You can't. But God is here to say, you've been nominated. You've been chosen. And you can't disqualify yourself. You can't. Because he's nominated you. You can choose whether you want it. You can choose to live a life that's complete opposition to how Jesus wants you to live and you'll never see a blessing from God. That doesn't mean that God hasn't nominated you. There is this guy in Andrew Jackson's presidency. And um, some of you guys are old enough to remember that. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. I can't believe he said that. The real pastor will be back next week. Um... But Andrew Jackson decided to write this guy a pardon letter. He was on death row. And before Andrew Jackson got out of office, you know that one of the president, the president has full authority to pardon whoever he wants, whether they're on death row or not. He can pardon them. Even governors can pardon people. And he chose to pardon a gentleman on death row he chose to bless him. The guy didn't ask for it. The guy didn't choose it. Someone else petitioned the president on his behalf to get pardoned. And get this, the guy said no. He said, no, I'm choosing the death penalty. As, and President Jackson could not force the man to take his pardon. Even though he pardoned him, the guy had to agree to be pardoned in order for the pardon to be into effect. And actually, really, if you know President Jackson, that, that guy was, he was a tough old guy. Like, he, he went out and had he went out and had a duel and shot someone like outside his court when he like like this guy he was a general in the army this this guy was awesome tough and it just made him mad it's like how can this guy deny this i'm trying to bless him but he couldn't force him to take it and that, that that's the true with our pardon that's true with our salvation that's true with every blessing of god god's nominated you God wants to bless you. God wants a relationship with you. And you can't disqualify yourself, but you can choose not to accept it. But the blessings are there. The salvation is there. And the relationship is there. It's all there. President Jackson, he could not make this man take his pardon. And the guy ended up dying because he denied a blessing. He denied a second chance. He denied salvation. And I'm, uh, I, I, want, I want to be, I, I want us to walk out knowing that we're qualified, we're nominated, and God wants to. He's choosing to bless you. The challenge today is choose to receive it. That's it. Choose to receive it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. If, if everything in your life up to this point was awful and you sinned, that doesn't matter. Because God chose to pardon you by sending his son on the cross to die in your place for those very things that you feel guilty over. And if you're in Christ and you're still feeling guilty over things you've given to God, 
That is condemnation, and that's not from God. God wants to bless you. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give it to the full or more abundantly. Everything about a relationship with Jesus is blessing. There's not one drawback to this. Will we be persecuted? Absolutely. But in the midst of persecution, Jesus says, be glad. In fact, my translation here, like I'll just read it real quick. It's really powerful. He says in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 5, be happy about it, exclamation point. That means like, be happy about it when you get persecuted, when people take advantage of you. And then he says, be very glad, exclamation point. He's saying this is something to be excited over because once again, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. How long will we be in heaven? Forever. How long will we be on this earth? Just a short time. The Bible says life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment, then gone. And so I think that's why twice Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven will be yours. Fix your eyes on heaven. Think about heaven. Think about who he is. Think about eternity. Fix your, like, don't fix your thoughts on this earth. That leads to depression. That leads to anxiety. That leads, that leads to mourning. That, that like, but when you think about heaven, when you think about heaven, it's like, oh wait, I'm only here for a moment. And great is my reward in heaven because God didn't save you for this earth. He saved you for eternity. He saved you for eternity. And he wants to bless you while you're here. But man, great is your reward in heaven. And today, what we're going to do is, I, I just, I want us to respond with praise. I want us to respond with praise. There's this position, and I love it. It's hands up. It's hands up. It's surrender. It's surrender. Let's just receive. Let's just receive what God wants to do in our life. I I tell God all the time, Lord, I want everything that you want for me. Everything that you want for me, I want. And maybe, maybe some of us need to say that. Because I promise you, what God wants for you is better than what you want for you. Let's just receive. Lord, we just receive from you right now. We receive. We surrender to you. We surrender to you, God. Lord, we surrender. Lord, for those who are going through it, Lord, the enemy's just really attacking their their mind. I I just speak blessing on them because you speak blessing on them. You said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Lord, those who are mourning, I I just speak blessing on them because you speak blessing on them. Those who are being persecuted right now by, by people who two years ago were close friends, but now they're coming against them. Lord, I, I just speak blessing on them because you speak blessing on them. Lord, for those who are calling out for family members and, and, and pursuing righteousness and, and, and fighting the battle on their knees, they're calling out for our nation's leaders and speaking salvation over them and, and they're, they're fighting the enemy. They're recognizing that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against a real enemy and, and that, that, Lord, I, I just speak blessing on them. Lord, however you want to bless, Lord, I pray that you redefine blessing in our minds that, that it's not just one 
nuance of what we define, but Lord, every aspect of how you want. You said give life and give it to the full. Lord, those people who aren't aren't living a full life, Lord, they, they're, they're ha- they haven't experienced your joy. I pray right now that, that joy just overtakes their hearts. Those who need peace, I pray for peace. Lord, just let there be a, such a blessing of peace. Lord, those who do need a financial breakthrough, I pray right now that God that is a provider will show up. Lord, we just receive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.